0: And you know there are there are times where, where we are called to fight for what is good. Peace is not always the absence of war. Um, but whether it's the, the peace inside people that seems to be falling and failing, falling away, or the peace between nations. We need peace. And we are called to be agents of peace, and we are called to be peacemakers, and blessed are the peacemakers. Um, But peace is supernatural. And a few weeks ago when um, when I preached, I I mentioned that one of the things that we can do when we we go to Starbucks or we go anywhere, we sit somewhere, that we ask the Lord to bless whoever follows us. You know, we just bless the ground that we're standing on, the seat that we're sitting on. And, And peace is like that. This is actually one of the one of the clear commands that Jesus gives his disciples when he sends them out. And he says, you know, seek out the house of those who are worthy and if they receive you, leave your peace. Leave your peace. It's something tangible, he actually gives us the right to give if we have it. It's something precious. He also says if you're not welcomed, you can, or if they're not worthy, you can take your peace back. It's, It's a currency of heaven as well as a fruit. I shared this sto- I've shared the story before. I don't, I don't know when, but this was something that I experienced a few years ago on Taylor's campus. I spoke in chapel um, on, on um, the persecuted church, and I was just walking you know to the D.C. across campus, as one does at Taylor in a hurry. And, um, and this, this man walked up to me and he introduced himself and he said I'm a missionary and you meet lots of missionaries and you're missionaries tell you, don't you? and I was like wanted to shake his hand and move on and he rudely just held my hand and pulled me back in <laughs> it was really awkward <laughs> and he just and he, and he just thanked me for what I'd said in chapel but he still held my hand <laughs> and then he <laughs> And then he spoke peace over me. Nothing profound, no profound prayer. He just said, may the Lord's peace rest on you. And as he did that, these waves of peace just went through my body, top to bottom, until I didn't want to let go of his hand. <laughs> I said, we can stay here all day, dude. This is amazing. But he had to get to a class. So, but I, you have these moments that I, I, I knew I had just met someone who spends time with God. And I knew someone who knew the peace of God. And I knew someone who could leave it wherever he wanted to. The sort of man I'd met. And I, I know each of us could very quickly choose five or six people in our lives that, that could deal with that dose of peace. And so, even as tonight we are... Seeking the promise of peace that our Savior offers us. This nothing Jesus does with us is ever selfish. It's never self-centered. It's always about giving His kingdom to others, giving His gift to others. So, if we look at um, if we look at Scripture, there are so many things one can say about peace. Um, so many commands, so many instructions. Um, but I just felt the Lord wanting me to highlight three things tonight. Um, and I, and I, I wish... You know, the Lord's funny. Um, if you were here during my sermon series on humility, you'll remember my fear at having to preach on humility. Because the Lord has a habit of wanting to teach us the things he's asking us to preach on. <laughs> um, and, I, and I wish I could stand up here and, and preach from a perspective of... I am the king of peace, you know. Um, I think sometimes the Lord will often take us into a place of freedom where we speak with authority, and sometimes He will take us into a valley, and so we speak, having come through the valley. And um, as Matt was saying, his, his day-to-day was pretty awful. Um, a few of us have had some pretty hard times. Um, I, I would put this last week down to one of my least favorite and probably the last 11 to 12 years. Um, just an amazing array of, of, of things that, that uh, was like being eaten little bits every day, something. And not surprisingly, uh, my quiet times kept, kept getting disrupted. Um, so my normal patterns got out of sync, and so I wasn't, wasn't having the time with the Lord that I'm used to. And, um, and so I'm... <laughs> I, on, on Friday I, morning, I... I texted Giselle and, and Tyler because I needed this particular type of prayer um, that I know that they are good at. And um, I said, guys, this is I'm, I'm, it's too much. <laughs> Will you pray for me, please, and find out what's going on? And I'll get to that, uh, my third point. Um, so there's three things I want to cover. And I just, uh, Kath and I were, before I get to the first scripture, Kath and I were praying on Saturday um, about this and just saying, Lord, what are you saying to us as a body? What are you saying to us as a family? And, 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 and castor has got this really simple picture of white lilies. Um, and that was just white lilies. Um, and lilies, they represent two things. Um, they represent innocence and purity, which is the peace that Jesus gives us towards the Lord. He makes us pure and innocent. And the second... These lilies are the flowers that Jesus, is, Jesus uses in his, in his illustration of God's perfect provision for our needs. And not just for our physical needs, but for our, the needs of our heart. So where there is anxiety, where there's fear, where there's hopelessness, God is our perfect provision. Um, so remember that picture of the lilies as you press into peace. So our first scripture is from Ephesians 2. And the first thing that I just felt the Lord wanting me to emphasize... Um, And this is the most important, that Christ is our peace. Christ is our peace. It all begins with Jesus. I'm going to read a few verses from Ephesians uh, 2, starting at verse 14. For he, Jesus, himself is our peace, who has made both one and has broken down the middle wall of separation, having abolished in his flesh the enmity that is the law of commandments contained in ordinances, so as to create in himself one new man from the two, thus making peace, and that he might reconcile them both to God in one body through the cross, thereby putting to death the enmity. And he came and preached peace to you who were afar off and to those who were near. For through him we both have access by one spirit to the Father. Christ is our peace. All peace begins with that eternal and most amazing peace that we are ever offered, which is peace between us and the Father through Jesus' blood and through his resurrection. The eternal peace, as long as we are willing to claim it. Everything else I say tonight, everything else that you might hear when we pray, everything else you do as you take communion is rooted in Jesus' sacrifice and his peace. He makes peace between us and the Father. And as Paul writes in Ephesians, it's by his spirit that we are given access to the Father, to the one who is peace. The second thing is that his peace is a gift. Now, I'm going to ask us to do something, okay? but don't think of doing that something as earning his peace. It's more about stepping into the thing that Jesus asks us, where peace is the reward, his kindness, but peace is a gift. We don't earn it. We don't get it because we check some boxes or because we read enough scripture or we sing enough songs or we don't sin. Or it's a gift. And it's a gift that the world doesn't give. I know, I know these words are so familiar and, and, and it's so easy when we hear familiar words of scripture to let them lose their power but let's, let's press in with with a real desire for, for these words to impact us. Lord's word is so powerful. John 14, 25. These things I have spoken to you while being present with you, but the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I said to you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. This is the New Living Translation um, version of verse twenty-seven. I mean, I am leaving you with a gift: peace of mind and heart. And the peace I give is a gift the world cannot give. So don't. Be troubled or afraid. In John 16, 33, Jesus says, I have told you all this so that you may have peace in me. Here on earth you will have many trials and sorrows, but take heart because I have overcome the world. This is maybe a, a strange part of our faith, um, but something that I think is truly beautiful. So we're not we're not promised prosperity and perfection of all things when we believe in Jesus. We're not promised an easy life. There are some religions out there that do. There's some odd ones out there that do. There's ones that can where you can buy your way to happiness will perfect yourself to happiness. Our faith, Jesus is not blind to the brokenness of the world. He's not blind to the evil of the world. But he promises something far greater and more powerful, that he has overcome the world. In one of his other calls to peace, he has this really strange moment where he He says, I'm sending you out as sheep amongst wolves. That's not a peaceful scenario in the world's eyes. And yet he says, I have overcome the world. He grants us a peace that is not dependent on our circumstances. And that is a beautiful, beautiful gift. It is a powerful gift. That it goes beyond whatever happens on earth. It goes beyond whatever the world can do to us. It goes beyond anything the devil can do to us. It is all powerful because Jesus has overcome the world. And I, I know in this body there are people who are struggling with anxiety and there are people who are struggling with fear and depression. Um, and this, this past week I've dealt with people who are struggling with suicide. And thing that I say tonight is, is in any way a judgment, you know, for us to think, well, what am I doing wrong? Oh, this is just something else I'm not getting right, you know. That just builds on anxiety and builds on fear. This is just to say, here is a promise from your Lord and from your Savior that is true. And will you step into it? Will you ask Him? I can't make it happen. I can't. I can't make God do anything, but I can say what Scripture says. And Jesus says, let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. The peace I give you is a gift. And the one thing that we can do is we can turn to it. So the third thing, the third and final thing I want to talk about is repentance. Repentance. And let me first read the third reading reading of Advent, which is from Mark 1. The very beginning of Mark. The beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. As it is written in the prophets, Behold, I send my messenger before your face, who will prepare your way before you. The voice of one crying in the wilderness, Prepare the way of the Lord, make his paths straight. John came baptizing in the wilderness and preaching a baptism of repentance for the remission of sins. Then all the land of Judea and those from Jerusalem went out to him and were all baptized by him in the Jordan River, confessing their sins. Now John was clothed with camel's hair and with a leather belt around his waist. And he ate locusts and wild honey. And he preached, saying, there comes one after me who is mightier than I, whose sandal strap I am not worthy to stoop down and loose. I indeed baptized you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. Jesus' peace, the peace that he offers us, this peace of Advent, the peace he offers us to lean into and to claim is a gift of his spirit. Okay. But the spirit is given after Repentance. The baptism of the Spirit followed the baptism of the water. And there is such power in repentance. Our peace, it's rooted in Jesus. It rests in Jesus. It rests in the forgiveness of our sins. And we know that Scriptures calls us, if we are to forgiven, then we must forgive. It calls us to repentance. And there's this reality that the Lord has has corrected me on really firmly that a grumbling heart cannot know peace, and a critical spirit cannot walk in peace, and a rebellious heart cannot own peace. And if we carry anger and hate, we cannot know peace. And this is not to say we have to be perfect. (laughs) Again, we're not trying to get everything right before we can know his peace. But we can choose to step into what Jesus calls us to, which is to step into repentance and to offer forgiveness to those who hurt us. And to let his peace flow, that river of life he promises us, to let it flow out of us as we release to to him the things that are not of his kingdom in our lives. And I think this week um, I made the mistake at, on, on Monday of reading some things I probably shouldn't have read. Um, as my wife said to me, there's only so much evil that a human heart can take in. And I, I was reading some reports around the, the war in Israel and Gaza. And, um, and I, I researched some pretty awful things and, and these were some of the most awful I've ever, I've ever heard in my life. Um, so, from asking the Lord to bring peace and to repenting of my anger at certain people who carry out terrible things um, to people who are around me, um, even to rebellion in my own heart, Jesus corrected me. And this correction is so gentle, it's so kind. He doesn't condemn. He just corrects and draws in. And so what we wanted to do tonight was t- to give the Holy Spirit space to talk to us. And so I'm just, I'm going I'm to bless the communion, gluten-free on the right, normal on the left. And um, The worship team is going to take communion then go up. And they're going to just play for us. And we're going to, just, we're going to give the Lord a few minutes. Okay? Not 30 seconds. A few minutes for him to speak to our hearts. And would you, would you let him point out to you places in your heart where you don't have peace? And as he does that, he might you might, see, you might hear a name. You might see a face might be someone who he brings to mind that he's calling you to forgive. You may, like me, have been storing up anger because of things that are going on in the world um, or even in the city around you. Give those to him. If he points out rebellion or criticism or grumbling or anything like that, just give it to him. And then once, you, once you've done that, It's not a race to see who's the most holy, okay? But someone eventually has to come up and get communion, okay, Brian? Okay. Um, (laughs) If the Bible teaches us anything, it's the oldest ones who will come last, I think. Um, (laughs) You you don't have to reach a pace of perfection. This is just about um, giving the Holy Spirit a chance to speak. And then when you have dealt with the Lord, come and take communion. Okay, and know in that moment that you are forgiven and receive peace. Okay, so my, my prayer is tonight that as the communion enters your body that there will be a gift of peace that comes with that. Um, and once we've all taken communion, um, there might be some corporate things that Matt leads us through. We'll see. Um, and then I will, just, I will ask the Lord, I'll just a final prayer of, of peace over us as a body. And then I think we'll sing to finish. Okay, that's kind of plan. Okay, so let's um, let's pray. Father, your word is powerful and it is true and we believe Lord Jesus your promise for peace a peace for sheep even amongst wolves Lord we thank you for your spirit we thank you for your blood Lord, before we ask for a refreshing and a renewal of this gift of peace, we humble ourselves before you. We surrender ourselves before you. And we give you space, Lord Jesus. Would you speak to us by your spirit? Would you bring to mind anything? Anything we need to repent of? Any lies that we have been believing? Lord, any forgiveness for us to give to others? Come, Holy Spirit. Lord, have your way now. Speak to us. In Jesus' name.